Welcome to the Joey Mitchell Podcast. Celebrity interviews. Joey's been broadcasting his radio show throughout California for over 51 years and has interviewed hundreds of celebrities. Most of these interviews have only aired once. Now, he's decided to share them once again. Every week, a new celebrity with a behind-the-scenes peek into what happened before and after the interview. So sit back, relax, and get set to travel back in time. Here's Joey. Thank you, Todd. Todd Baker. You're about to hear one of my favorite interviews of all time. She's a superstar. Whether it's television, movies, or interviewing Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, Oprah Winfrey is a mainstay in this country as far as entertainment is concerned. And probably one of the richest people in the world, too. I got my chance to interview her because she was coming to town to do a charity event at the Community Center Theater. And KRAK was a sponsor of the show. Ours was the very first interview she would do in length on radio. And she had some reservations about it, as she'd later admit. You'll hear in part one of our interview what I call the dance. It's a thing that happens in interviews as I and the guest get to know each other. At first, Oprah was very guarded. And you can hear that when I try to ask her questions about Stedman and how and why he decided after six years to actually ask her to marry him. She's very guarded and then refuses to answer me and tells me that. But then as the interview progresses and Oprah realizes I'm an admirer and I watch her show in detail, then she started to relax. As I conveyed to her different things I noticed in her interviews on certain shows, she sees he really does understand me. And then she really opens up. So listen to what I call the dance in part one of my interview with Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. Hello, Oprah. Oh, it's so nice of you to call. I want to talk to you about what's going on here in Sacramento. But first of all, congratulations on your engagement. Hey, yeah, I'm going to be an old married woman now. That's wonderful. wonderful. I'm going to be a married girl. <laughs> and a country singer, too. And hoping to be a country singer. How long did you go with Stedman before you decided to... Uh... How long? Yeah. Six years. Everybody's ragging me about how long it is. Okay, Six so... years, but... I had to be a girl who was for sure of herself, you so know? So what made you so sure? I mean, after six years, what was the moment that you said, this is it? Uh, actually, uh, it wasn't a moment. It's a process, Joey, you know. After a period of time, a thing just feels right. It feels solid. It feels um, really comfortable and good. And Yeah, but you know there was that special second, that, that, that glance, that look. When was That's it? That's not a glance. Not about a glance. It's about, it's about seeing a thing in a person that you just think that is whole, that you think, now that's an all right kind of guy. Yeah, but after six years, there had to be a special thing that happened, right? Yeah. To trigger that off. Yeah. What was it? No, I'm not telling you. I thought that. I said, she's not going to tell me. No, 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 no. Listen, I know about this interviewing business. About this interviewing business, I know exactly how to get the answers out of the people, and I know when to shut up, Joey. <laughs> You're coming to Sacramento. Sacramento. And we are looking so forward to it because you're going to be, on November 12th, doing a special benefit performance for Families First. That's a, a local child abuse agency. Why would you pick that one, Oprah? Well, what I wasn't really sure which one to pick. I uh, 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 talked to our affiliate there and uh, asked them would they please help me in deciding who would best uh, serve the children, what organization would best serve the children in terms of um, there are certain things that I have to, you know, if I'm going to donate money or be a part of an organization, I like for the problems to be addressed in terms of abuse and neglect and um, learning disabilities and family conflicts and all that. And 
uh, Families First seemed to do all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's why. All right. I saw you. Oh, I didn't know which which organization. I asked them to find an organization that did its best to serve the children. They're wonderful. They do a great, great job here, and uh, you picked a very, very good organization. Rest assured. Thanks. I saw your interview with uh, with convicted murderer Betty Broderick. Hey. Was that was that tough to do? Actually, I found it very interesting, Joey. I found her to be a fascinating woman. That was the word of the day. She says she finds prison fascinating. I find her fascinating. I saw that in you. And I saw sometimes you'd relax and kind of like, I'm talking to one of the ladies, and then all of a sudden you'd get you'd get real serious. Was that you telling yourself, hey, this is a convicted murderer? Yeah, she, I know, because you, get, you can get so comfortable with yeah. it. You can be lulled by her conversation. You can sort of be pulled into her um, spell. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, a couple of times. Did you notice that? I did, and I said, Oprah looks like all of a sudden she's saying to herself, Hey, a murderous, what am I doing? Calm down. That's exactly right. I mean, a couple of times it's like, you know, girls at lunch. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, Colleen, who was a publicist with me at the time afterwards, we took pictures, and she says, you know, you look like two girls on the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a convicted murderer here. So Then, then I saw you tense up when she said Stedman's name. It was like, how dare you say my fiancé's name? Is that, were you shocked when she said that? Yeah, I, well, this is what's interesting, Joey. Uh, even she has denied that there was a relationship with that guy up until that moment. Uh-huh. So when she said Stedman, I thought, now she knows that. I'm not just friends with Stedman, so why would she use his name? Even her own children who were here when that show aired um, were surprised, and they were back in the green room watching the tape, and they said she'd never said that before because all the years she was with them, she always said it wasn't an intimate relationship. For those of you not familiar with what we're talking about, she finally admitted in the interview with uh, Oprah that she had a lover that she'd found since the murders. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, Brad, I think his name was. And, yeah. and, and you, for the first time on television, admitted that Stedman was your lover. Wasn't I right? used the word lover. Yeah, you said, there, I said it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I thought at that moment? I thought, oh, God, I hope my dad's not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's it. That's the way my dad is. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, I'm sure dad realizes, you know, that you meant you, you kiss a lot and you hug, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's so interesting because uh, when, when I announced that I was uh, getting married, I told my best friend Gail. My best friend Gail's a television anchor woman in Hartford, and I was in Hartford last week. So I was um, doing an interview with uh, Gail, and uh, Gail knew about the marriage, so when she asked me, it was really ridiculous because she already knew the answer to the question. So I said to her on the air, why are you asking me a question you already know the answer to? See, I think she was just trying to fill me out to see if I was going to answer it. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't like lying, so I just said, yeah, you know the truth. And she goes, oh, I didn't know I could say it. So that's how the whole thing came out. So, But we were in Hartford, and I didn't think it would, like be a national news story. Colleen said, I'm telling you, this is going to get out. And I said, oh, no, it's just Hartford. Nobody's going to hear about it. Boy, oh, boy. Everybody's talking. The next morning, (laughs) it's on CNN News. (laughs) Well, you're a superstar. I mean, you do so much. Everybody in the world knows you. You're one of those people that just the first name, that's all it takes. Is Is it a drag sometimes? I mean, do you wish you could just hide and just be Oprah? It's only a drag if you're trying to pee in a public place. Uh huh. (laughs) <laughs> That's the only drag. I mean, you're so real. See you in the, you know, in the lavatory and say things like, "What you doing in there?" Yeah, aren't you over? Yeah, yeah. Shh, get, close the door. Yeah, close the door, and you absolutely have to wash your hands every single time, and then double wash them, and then dry them, and <laughs> blow dry them, so that people will say, "So, because you know, every people are watching every move you make in a public lavatory." That's right. She didn't wash her hands. She didn't wash her hands. <laughs> now, come on. Is, is there times when when it just it's unbearable? No, actually, it isn't for me because, you know, I have a farm, 
and we get away to the farm, and when it, get, when it is, if I think that I don't want to go out and talk to folks or have people come up to me or something, then I just don't go outside. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I forget. Like, um, a couple of weekends ago, I was at home, I was in Chicago, and I went out to... Uh, Went out to the store. There's a big department store right around, the, actually right downstairs from me called Marshall Fields. And um, I mean, I got in the store and everybody was coming up to me and went, "Oh, that's right. Shoot, I have no business going out on a Saturday. <laughs> Nothing. I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that Oprah Winfrey thing." I said, "Oh boy, let me get my butt on back in the house." It's a young man that works here, and he said he was walking down the street in Chicago, and he bumped into you, and he said, "You're Oprah Winfrey," and you said. I didn't think anybody your age knew who I was. <laughs> How old was he? He's about 22. Really? You do so much television, and, and, and you've done the movies, and you've got the production company, and the charity shows like you're doing here in Sacramento. How do you keep up? How do you, how do you stay from stressing out and just freaking? What I think is, what, you know, Joe, you know how this is. You do what you feel like doing, and mm-hmm. as long as you're doing stuff you really like to do, it doesn't really bother you. I mean, I get tired sometimes, but um, I really love the work. I love being able to to have a forum every day in which to speak to people. And I think the show does a lot of good in some people's lives, and that really makes me feel good. Makes me feel. I feel like it's a, a teaching tool, like it's a ministry or something. I mean, I just don't think I could. I, for a long time, I wanted to be a teacher in my life. Uh-huh. I really did. And then when I was in the third grade, I thought I was going to be a preacher for a while. They used to call me preacher because I used to lead devotion. That's before they took it out of the schools. Uh-huh. And so this show to me is a way of raising consciousness without having to take up a collection. The only collection I take is from the advertisers. We saw your uh, show here in Sacramento just yesterday where you recapped uh, yeah. a lot of the stories. And, uh, and, and that's got to make you feel good. You're saying, hey, I'm making a contribution. And I, see I like what you that. Mean. I yeah. like that because, you know, a lot of people always ask me this question. Why is it people come on television and they say these things? They reveal the most intimate things about themselves. They fight with their in-laws and they say things that they've been holding back for 25 years. Why does that happen? And uh, I think it's because people find that show to be cathartic. What, what the best part of that show, that follow-up show for me yesterday, was a woman, uh, Sharon, I think her name was, uh, who, was who had been married to this guy. It was a show last year we did where husbands hold their wives captive in the homes. Mm-hmm. Husbands are so possessive. Is this the one where you pay for the uh, analysis? No, not that one. I like that couple, too. But the other lady who was so scared, I'd seen her a year ago, and uh-huh. she was terrified sitting there with her own husband. You could tell. Mm-hmm. She's terrified of him. She's scared to move, scared to talk. And he accused her of having affairs and all this stuff. And she wasn't allowed to leave the house and only certain times of the day. And he checked the mileage when she left home and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she has now divorced him. He was pretty upset with me, but she was smiling. <laughs> like a cat and just swallowed a canary. She was up there grinning from ear to ear on the show. Because <laughs> what happened to her, she got home and she saw what we all saw. Mm-hmm. She saw that tape and realized she was such a, she was a fool. She got rid of him. She's, she's divorcing him. And he, he blames me for breaking up their marriage. But the truth of the matter is, he, he was holding her captive in the house and That's wouldn't right. let her do anything. That's not marriage. You saved her life. Listen, you know what? I've done enough shows to have a decent marriage, don't you think? I think you're going to be fabulous. I think... <laughs> I think you're going to be a great... I take a few lessons from the experts on this show. I ought to make a decent wife. <laughs> I've been married 27 years, and you're going to make it just well. Just. So. Do you ever get bored? No, no, not at all, because she's my best friend. That's the secret. And I think you two are best friends, oh, we're too. We're best friends. Mm-hmm. You have to be best friends. That is the utmost. And then from there, everything else just falls in naturally. It does. Because you like to hang out together. That's the Yeah, because you just like being, and you can sit in the room and don't say a word. Right, but you understand that, and you give each other space because you're friends. Right, that's true. 
Now, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I, 27 years has seemed like a long time, Joey. Well, I was 19, and she was uh, 17, and I'm 45 now. So it's, that's good. That's really good. We got two grown uh, together and all. Yeah, that's good. exactly. You know, you're doing an interview show in prime time now. I saw the the, the show with with Gear, and uh, it was Peter Foster. It was, you know, my favorite thing on that was The Simpsons. I loved it. <laughs> that was so cute. I like that too. I loved it. Biggest uh, kick out of that. Are you going to really do more of those? Hmm? Are you going to do more of those? Uh, more primetime specials. I guess I'm going to have to come out of the cartoon business. It's really expensive, you know, making oh. yourself a cartoon. Animal. Oh, I thought they paid for that. No, no, no. We paid for that. Mm. Mm. Boy, yeah. li lights are going off in my head. <laughs> we paid for that. But it was fun. It was really fun. It was very interesting. The, the process of making Simpsons is really fun to me. But I'm going to be doing, like, uh, coming up in February, Janet Jackson, mm -hmm. Jimmy Moore, and probably Michael Jordan. I don't know if we can... It takes a while to follow Michael Jordan around. He's he's all over the place. Now, you, well, maybe you, Michael Jordan, but I know Demi and certainly Janik. You do so much. You do so many things. You set so high a goal. What what is the reason? I mean, what when do you say, "Gosh, I mean, I've made it. Let me relax a little." You know, I think Joey making it is a process. It's a part of life. And so the thing is, I'm farther along in my life in terms of career and certainly uh, financially than I ever expected to be, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But, okay, so now you're here, so what is the next goal? What is the next level? So I think life is about creating new dreams for yourself all the time. And that's what I'm about doing. So you keep pushing the goals and the envelope, right? Yeah, you have to keep pushing it, keep pushing it, because now you've done this, now yeah. what? What's yeah. next? What else can you do? And I really, for me, it's about giving back. It's about sharing yourself with the world. It's about uh, appre uh, appreciating that every experience, no matter how difficult it appears to be, is here to teach you how to get along, how to love each other, how to have some respect, some reverence, some caring and kindness for the world. That's really all we're here to do. And once people figure that out, it's going to be like, ah, should have had a V8, <laughs> you know? I understand. Yeah. That's it for part one of my interview with Oprah. And you can see how much she relaxed during our dance on the radio. In part two, Oprah discusses her weight problems and shows she recorded, actually flew the guest into town, and then after watching them decided they were too controversial, too hurtful, and she wouldn't air them. She talked in detail of her interview with Betty Broderick, the woman convicted of killing her husband, and what Oprah thought when Betty mentioned Stedman, Oprah's fiancé at the time. She'll admit why she was so nervous about our interview, which absolutely surprised me when I heard it. And she'll tell me from her heart why she thinks she has been so successful. That's part two with Oprah Winfrey coming up next week on Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Thanks for listening. That's all for today's episode of Celebrity Interviews with Joey Mitchell. Join us again next week for another well-known celebrity that most likely only aired once on Joey's show. Until now. Now you can subscribe to the podcast at patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. Patreon.com slash Joey Mitchell podcast. And you'll never miss an episode or extras only available to subscribers. Please visit and like Joey Mitchell's podcast on Facebook and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.